here's the deal. I'm, I'm not sure you've ever done this before, but I definitely have had seasons in my life where I've gone to the tanning bed. So I feel like there's already going to be listeners out there going, what? That's so horrible for your skin. Well, okay. So uh, have you ever, have you ever gone to a tanning bed? Um, I have been in one once. All right. One time. Very weird experience. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I definitely sign up for it in the summer sometimes. It's been it's been a couple of years now. But and I'll do this like thing where it's like seven minutes once a week and it's just enough to give you yeah. that little like touch of like summer glow, but yet no one would know you were going to a tanning bed. Uh-huh. Got it? All right. Well, one time I walk in, I have to tell you the story. So this is actually so I just said it was a couple of years. Okay. Was it actually, like yesterday? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not done it this year, okay. but this happened last year. Uh-huh. Okay. So you sign up for your package, like which bed you're going to use. Like they always try to sell you on the big ones. They uh-huh. say the lights are better or whatever. The okay. beds are better or whatever. Yeah. And then they, they're like, the bad one is it's going to take you 20 minutes. And you're like, nobody has 20 minutes. <laughs> so I walk in this one day, Steve, and they're like, oh, you, you're, you've qualified for an, <laughs> for an upgrade. Now I'm like the middle girl. So like, I don't, I've, I don't have the 20 minute bed. Uh-huh. I don't have whatever those upgrades are. Like uh-huh. I don't have whatever the door, the two doors that you've never walked in, in your life. Are. Yeah. So I was just thinking about it the other day. Um, and I was like, that was the worst upgrade of my life. It was the worst upgrade of my life, but I had no control over the upgrade. So here's, if you could just picture what's happening here. Okay. So you, you, you put your lotion on, right? And then you lay in the bed and then you have your little goggles on. Yep. I remember the goggles. Like I'm, like I'm dying because the vision (laughs) is getting smaller. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm laying there and usually it's just, there's some music on and nothing else. It's just like, so it's almost like you could take a little nap. Uh It's about seven minutes. Mm -mm. Guess what happened in this upgrade? (laughs) In this upgrade, all of a sudden there. And I guess this upgrade was like, let me cool you down because I was sprayed, like, psh, psh, like sprayed like with car, water. Like with a water. car wash kind of thing? Gosh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I didn't consider that. I was, first of all, nobody told me that that was the upgrade. There was, maybe there was a button, but not, also I, I'm blind uh-huh. for those who have never seen me. Without my glasses, you know, I can't see anything. So I don't have my glasses on. So maybe there was a button that you could turn it off, but I don't have my glasses on. So I endured, <laughs> I, I can, Steve, I, I endured actually the entire... can picture exactly what was going on. Cause okay. you were, you were like writhing within the bed and probably like, but you can't get out. Could, Isn't it? I, it doesn't close all the way. It doesn't a gap, you would right? die if you close. But no, now listen, in all fairness to like people who are like, poor you, I could have just gotten up and ended it. Right. I could have just gotten up and ended it. No, nah, but what, I was you like, wouldn't have done that. No, but I also kept thinking that it was going to be over. Like I thought one spray, I thought, psh, psh, and I was like, wow, it scared me. But then I thought that'll never happen again. It was just kind of like a, let us cool you down. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. I think it happened Did every... the car wash, like spinny wipers start going? <laughs> I, I think it happened like every minute. So maybe if it was eight minutes, every minute I got a psh, psh, of water on me. Yeah. I hated it so bad. I can't even tell you. And I think the part that is hilarious into in my head is that that's what they... It's like, what is You've an upgrade? That really, the point is like... What is an upgrade to our minds? Like, yeah. what is what is one man's upgrade is not another person's upgrade. I don't know what the bumper bumper sticker here is, but that is not an upgrade to me. <laughs> like, I didn't. I like the warmth and yeah. the nappish yeah. feeling, and yeah. this was like alerting, like Joe. <laughs> it was not fun. I so I just wanted. Do you ever have an upgrade that you didn't like? Oh, uh, I don't know, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of like because I've had plenty of upgrades. I have liked, haven't you? 
Well, yeah, the typical thing is like to add more stuff. Right. So when, it's right. like, no, I don't want more stuff. So this was like adding the wrong more stuff. Yeah. Right. Like you. Yeah. I love when they give you a suite. That's like funny. when you go to the hotel and they're like, here's your upgrade. You, you got a suite, but not with water. please. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> oh, OK. I just wanted to give a, this. This we're actually today. What we're talking about is a little bit about prepping for talks. Yeah. Which happens. I mean, and we're not talking like always just the formal talk. But when I was thinking about it, it also reminded me of a shout out. I wanted to give one of our clients who uh, who's in banking. And she's at the VP level, but she's getting ready to be remoted. Yeah. So her and I were prepping for those. You know how like once a year or twice a year, sometimes those big, big financial corporate groups will have that time where they have to give an update on their entire organization to like the the, the C-suite group, yeah. right? So it's nerve wracking. Yeah. For some reason, we stopped talking like human beings. Do you yep. agree? Yeah. And she was like, how do I, how do I go into this session without not stopping talking like a human <laughs> being? So I just wanted to give her a shout out because I was proud of her for admitting that they were hard, that they are terrifying. When we get into this place where our brain says, these are higher level people and I feel terrified. She just leaned into the prep session. And one of the things that I thought was really interesting is she was, none of the things that we did weren't things that she necessarily hadn't already somewhat thought about. Uh But where the shout out was, was where the takeaway was, Uh was that she said, what you helped me with was the nuances. Uh-huh. It was the small things like, how do you ask them for, this is a place I would love to hear from you. Yeah. Or she's like, I never once thought about how I should freaking close this thing. You know how a lot of times what happens is we just run out of time and then it's the worst closing ever. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, no, no. I said, what do you want the ask to be? And she was like, oh my gosh, I absolutely have an ask. But if you had not asked me to ask for an ask, ooh, that, that's a little tongue twister. Yeah then I would not have even thought about the yeah. ask. And so it was just an, you know how you walk away from a coaching, uh, a coaching session and you're like, that was incredibly productive. We took an hour and we took a talk that she'd already somewhat started to think about. And we just gave it parameters, opening and interactive places and a great ask at the end. Yeah. And I just wanted to call it out that I loved that. Also, it takes a lot of, um, Oh, Steve, you know, like we have to, we have to set us on our ego. I know. I was just going to say the word vulnerability. I yeah. I know what you mean. It's like, well, you said courage. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. It takes courage to enter into that because yeah, it, it feels like, especially before a talk, you need to like pump yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> but this is kind of being honest with yourself about where you're scared, where you're scared and maybe being open to trying something new. And you and I both know that the easy thing to do is to just do it like the good old boring way. Well, the classic mistake is if you, if you don't address the scared places, you actually become more robotic and sound less human. And so it's like, you might, you might seem more buttoned up or feel more buttoned up. And the talk is just flat because you're not a real person. You're just using corporate speak or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, it was interesting. I asked her in the very beginning, what do you, because she was like, I'm not really sure what to, where to begin. And I always love this. You know, is I one of my favorite techniques is like flipping the switch. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I was like, well, what do you, when people, because you're at a high level, when people give you their updates, what do you not appreciate or appreciate? That's such a great starting place. Yeah. And she was like, oh, you got me. Like right there. I hate it when people just like yeah. the whole thing they just but and yeah. they never and they don't make it interactive i was like okay so number one you want your goal to be interactive right 
Yeah. It's just like good to think about that. And what do I appreciate? She's like, I appreciate when they actually are talking to me like a person mm-hmm. instead of becoming this robot. So it was cool. All right. So you know how we always like to kind of reflect a little bit on personality, all things personality stuff, right? Yeah. And we both love it. We love to gripe about it. We love to think about it. Uh-huh. Well, this one particular, there's so many that we talk about, but this one that I love is called Insights Discovery and it's colors, right? So if I was to just, for our listeners who are like, I don't know anything about this, the only two colors I want you to hear right now is that I'm a yellow. And that means that we're, it's exactly my, like maybe what you would picture a yellow to be. They call it sunshine yellow, the the kind of light. And uh, they tend to lead with a little bit more optimism. They're on the extroverted side. They talk a little bit fast. Sometimes they think fast. Um, They're motivated by doing things with others, Uh right? So I'm going to be talking about a green today because that's who my husband is. And I asked him if I could talk to him about this, but really it's in general greens are the other side of the people. They are, they love people just like green yellows do, but they're more introverted people. So they're thoughtful and they're caring and they're, but they are a lot more because they're so thoughtful. They're a little bit more, I don't want to use the word slower. It's like maybe deliberate yeah um, it's like measured and yeah, measured is a really good word it is slower pace slower paced yeah that's better <laughs> yeah yes and so the gripe that i was I actually was thinking to myself uh, this is about my own gripe this is like throwing sunday under the bus right here this is what i am constantly oh, let's working go. i know right I'm gonna sit back here oh. <laughs> this is what I am constantly working at. I am always having to work on this one, especially being married to Adam, but in general, even with clients or people who are processing at a much slower rate than what maybe my brain is processing Mm -hmm. at, which by the way, is not always good because I'm I'm missing a lot of the details sometimes because I'm like, like yeah, well, (laughs) no, I think we always are like, giving the caveats on this stuff because yeah, I think our culture is one of like what's good or bad, right or wrong. Right. So it's like, Oh, so you're saying you're smarter because you move faster. No, no, no. It's just personality. Like some people process fast. Some people process slow. Doesn't mean one's smarter. No, that's not what you're saying. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So the, the, my gripe that I see in others, Uh it's interesting that it actually bothers me when I see in others, but it's actually the very thing that I'm working on is it's the gripe of not interrupting when you are talking to a person who is a little bit of a slower processor and finishing, assuming that you know what they're going to say. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's so this is like my um, when it comes to uh, professional coaching, leadership, life, career coaching, the the true way um, to do it is basically involves never assuming you know where they're going with it or never assume. And there's this part of that that I really love, which is um, I want to say, because anyone could notice this in conversations when you assume, like, let's say you're telling me, you're telling me something and I kind of jump to a conclusion for you. And I, I say it and it's the wrong conclusion or it's not exactly articulating how you feel. It actually dives your energy or it can dive your emotion. And now it like creates this, chasm in our conversation yes where Mm -hmm. maybe we felt connected before that moment and as soon as i did that Mm -hmm. you feel like oh no steve you don't get me or like no that that was wrong that's not the thing and now there's this gap that we have to somehow close back in so hard simply because i just like jumped to the conclusion 
And, but it happens all the time. I mean, I actually think it's why so many conversations or relationships can kind of like get these tiny mini fractures all the time. Cause it's like, right. you're not feeling fully understood or you're like, but in normal conversations, we just skip over that or kind of push it down, move on or laugh. A lot of people joke it yep, off they do. versus like, I mean, I think why I think about this is cause in coaching you, you actually have to deal with it then. And it's like, no, no, no. If I kind of just try to lean in and ask you more or try to clarify or try to wait until you fully articulate it, then, then you feel more understood. We're more on the same page. And so it is an interesting little ditty. Like, <laughs> um, it shows up all the time. It does. And I think because you and I are coaches and we have to, we have to lean into this as coaches. Like, we would be bad coaches if we didn't, right? Right. But in my natural state, it's actually a really hard skill for me. Mm-hmm. So in my personal life, it's where I have to work the hardest at it, especially in my relationship with Adam, because he is... He is processing a lot of things. Yeah. So what I've learned, and you know how we talk, we also teach listening. Uh The art of fully, I always want to say fully effing listening (laughs) because it's just so hard is what I want to say because it's so hard to fully listen without judgment and let the person fully finish and not judge, decide for them what they're thinking or feeling. Okay, but what's the difference for you? Because you're also, I'm always amazed at how you, I'm a curious person. I'm a very curious person. And yeah. yet I'm always amazed in conversations that you, you're so much more, it's like you're always asking one more question to the person right. when I'm ready to like move on, move on or make a statement <laughs> or like share my own experience. Mm-hmm. If we're in a conversation together, like three or four people, I always notice that I'm about to like say, oh yeah, like this one time I, <laughs> and then you actually ask another question I think it's, that's that, also natural for you, but like what? I think it's natural for me, but I do think I've really worked hard at that being one of my defaults to not okay, not doing that to people, not uh, not jumping in. Or is and it finishing. easier when people are processing faster for you to? Mm. I think that the just asking people questions helps me not yeah. assume that I know what they're thinking about. Okay. That's what I do. And I actually, and you know, actually so cool. what also happens is I'm freaking curious about people. Yeah. So I just keep asking. Yeah. So not, so my gripe is to just not interrupt yeah. when you think you know where they're going, but not <laughs> even just in a coaching, but just casually. By the way, this is why I love when people who are in relationships together somehow take something personality because this has helped me mm-hmm. because sometimes I think I've told you I've had to like pinch my pant leg under the table when I'm talking to Adam because he's taking so long to get to his point. Yeah. And I think, don't, don't, just don't, <laughs> don't. This is his yeah. thought. Yeah. His thought. And he's taking so you, you want so badly to move this along, but it's his thought. Yeah. And so sometimes I'll just even grunt <laughs> and I'll just to slow my freaking body and brain down for those that just need the space and the time because my energy is exhausting to those people. And there's my gripe. It's a good gripe. Yeah. I, I was just feeling like, man, we got to cl- clarify or qualify that <laughs> there is a segment of people who are okay with you jumping to conclusions. But no, they don't listen to this podcast. Those people are not listening to this podcast. So I think we're good. All right. So today we're going to actually talk about how to give a talk. This is, are, are you just like dying to know? <laughs> well, I was thinking in the during the happy hour that you said it's not always just giving a formal talk. And I immediately thought, yeah, I actually still 
still get so nervous and worked up about just introducing myself in a group scenario. Oh, just these. The, in, Anytime in it's like this morning, I mm-hmm. I joined this like group of business owners. And so we're kind of introducing ourselves. Oh, I'm terrified of that moment. Or like some kind of meeting where you have to go around, mm-hmm. say, you know, who you are and something about yourself or like explain what you do. I'm terrified. I literally, my voice will get shaky and I've worked on it and I have strategies and I'm still so, so (laughs) even like, yes, I get nervous and have a lot um, to work on in prepping for giving a formal talk all the way down to like, just even introducing myself in a meeting. I still struggle with. And I think, I think this stuff Mm -hmm. we'll chat about applies. Yes. And, and of course I feel like, man, I've, I've been coaching people and, and consulting people on communications for so long that I could go deep dive into so many areas, yeah. like even how to introduce yourself. Yeah. But today, what I'm really going to focus on is you've been asked to just maybe for 30 minutes talk on something, mm-hmm. right? I- informally, right? Or for 30 minutes formally, you've been asked to talk on something. Or you've been asked very nonchalantly last minute Hey, by the way, tomorrow in the meeting, can you just <laughs> say for 15 minutes, can you just talk for, talk to us really quick about boom? Mm-hmm. That all of a sudden people are like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like the ask feels so easy. It's easy to be the one to ask someone. And on the other end, we have no idea what the what people are experiencing. Yeah. So I, I've learned this particular formula and I just wanted to share it with our listeners just in case they need something. I always feel like that, what is it? The freedom in the framework? Like Yeah, freedom uh, within what, a framework. Is that a, is I mean... That, there's, this is a formula that I use that gives me freedom. Mm-hmm. If I ground myself here, then I begin to have freedom within it. So let's just dive in. So the so the, the the natural tendency is is to do this. You ask me to give a talk, and my first stress is, well, what am I going to say? Yeah. What am I going to say? But actually, that's the opposite approach that I want you to do. I want you to actually think with the end in mind and then move to the say. Uh-huh. So if I was to give you the words to now go to, it would be, Stop really quick and think, hmm, tomorrow I'm talking. First of all, I always think, who's my audience? Uh That's the first question. Who's my audience? Then I think, what does that particular audience need to do? And I love this framing. Do or think differently as a result of my 15-minute talk or my 30-minute talk. That's just like right there. All right. So what do you want them to do or think differently? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't everyone do or think differently a little bit as a result of something yeah, it like immediately takes it into more of that story land of like stories yep. and the power of storytelling versus like information sharing, information which I think sharing. is why we're yeah. scared of talks because it's like, well, everyone's so bored because we have so much information. So you have to kind of like, right. like I need to make it amazing. <laughs> like, well, right. it's that uh, that's what I first thought is immediately it shifts me away from, okay, information sharing mm-hmm. to something more about the listener. So when I was recently working with someone and I asked them this question, their answer, I think very vaguely was something like, all right, so if you ask me what I want to do or think this group of people that I'm talking to, I want them to walk away, um, advocating for me and for these three things that I am trying to change within the organization. Yeah. I was like, okay, so you want them to be an advocate of you and you want them to walk away understanding these three things to kind of advocate for. So uh-huh. it's not just you. It's you. All right. So then that the first piece of the formula is what do you want them to do or think? Yeah. Now you move into the middle segment, which is, all right, well, bucket it into three things. What are the three things now that you need to, that they need to know 
in order to get them to that doer think. Mm. Is that tracking? Yeah. So just think, all right, if I was to just summarize it, three things that they absolutely need to know. And I always say need to know versus nice. Uh-huh. Because there's a lot of things that are nice to oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> That's when our talk can become like 45 minutes. Yeah. You can add the niceties later if you want, uh-huh. but really like push to the need, like three things that they need. So this doesn't take very long. Mm-hmm. So do think three things. Then think, all right, now that I have the three things, what do I now want to say? See how the say comes after yeah. the prep around the think, the do think, the three things, and then the say. Do think and then say. Yeah, that's great. And then it helps people like me, for example, who tends to... Uh, one thing I realized in prepping for talks or almost any task, I start with this laundry list of thoughts okay. and then try to boil it down to something. Well, that never works for me, I've, I've learned, because once I boil it down, which is in and of itself just like such a difficult task, once I've boiled it down, I end up with something that doesn't make any sense. Okay, that's interesting. Versus, so you, that's a little bit of you starting with the say. It's like all these yep. random, right, okay. Yeah, and immediately when you're talking about this formula, it it reverses that and starts with, yeah, but what it's matters, like, work oh no. it backwards into yeah. to the things that need to be said. Right. And that's just kind of... Even for my brain, but yeah, even if you do think, by the way, if people are like, well, does it have to be something really intelligent? The do think like the way I just brought my voice there, like I just <laughs> really intelligent. The do think can simply be in this 10 minutes that I've been asked to give a talk. I want this group of people to feel incredibly welcome. I just want them to feel like it can actually be a feeling. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's not even have to be like some big strategic thing but narrow down what it is that the purpose yeah of that is and that's where yeah. you kind of it's start kind of the it. start with why yeah um yeah. and then work it back to what back, you're gonna it say goes backwards right so if you are a person now who has slides this is another question that people ask me is like uh oh, the slides uh-huh. so now i do think i have three things and now i know what i'm gonna say but now i've created this whole slide deck the slide deck around it it's fine that you have a slide deck but i would say remember that the slide deck is not the presentation you are the presentation. You are. People did not come to see a slide deck. People came to see the person who's the expert behind. The slides are only the supporting piece yeah. of the expert. Yeah. But do you feel like so many people are like, look at these amazing slides? Yeah. I mean, one of the first things I ever learned around slides was don't put all the thoughts on there. Right. And what's clicking for me now is you could almost fit it into your formula where the slide should be the why. Yep. The what you want them to do or think yep. differently of every point. It's like the slide is oh, the, the takeaway. Mm. The slide mm-hmm. sometimes needs some supporting data, but it can't yeah. have all the data. Like, right. It's got to be the impact point. Um, like, for example, a lot of people will put a title to a slide that mm-hmm. explains what the slide is. Yep. Nope. Already lost them. <laughs> like the, mm-hmm. the title, if you're going to have one or the words, if you're going to have any words mm-hmm. on there, should just be like what the point of the slide is, the mm-hmm. why, the takeaway of it. Um, I wonder if, do you have an opinion on that? Like, could you apply the formula to like every slide? You could. You absolutely could. I always feel like this is where it gets hard because yeah. depending on the profession. Sure. Because so like for our profession, you and I, we're, we're great at, we don't have to put a lot of we put sometimes a quick takeaway or a thought or a question. That's our slide. Yeah. Because it's mostly about creating the interaction that we want. And then we'll give the boom. Yeah. For the slide. Right. 
But a lot of times people need data. And yep. I think that's a lot of times people are like, well, what about the data? But the problem is yeah. that people think that the data is the presentation. Exactly. So this and is I'm trying like, to say, you know, that's a great point. Yeah. Like pulling from my engineering school. Yeah. The, they even had a really great teaching on this, which was every slide in that context is data. A graph, usually maybe some kind of chart or some kind of, maybe it is a ton of data, mm -hmm. but the title of the slide needs to be the takeaway, mm -hmm. not the x versus y no. not explaining what the chart is but giving you the takeaway of what mm -hmm. you should be learning from that yes and um so even when it needs to be data you could still kind of have that element yeah so yes so i recognize that you have to have data to support a lot of the things that like i have to prove with numbers but don't get so lost into the data that you don't that you don't you remember that you are the expert. Mm. And also when it's a slide that supports the three things, spend most of your time on that side. So my, my tip on slides is don't, don't give equal time to all slides. Some slides are just like, yep. And this is a slide that supports this data, da, 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 boom. But it's not like I need to spend 20 minutes yeah. talking about every slide. Some slides are just a quick bite and then, ah. Oh, now this slide is the one, cause it's one of the three, Yeah. where I really like to spend a lot of time talking. Yeah. And so I always say, when you're looking through your slide deck, decide which slides support your three things. That's really what my next step is. Which are your key slides that support your three things? Do you have a preference on if slides are optional? Is it like in your ideal world? Mm. For you, I'm just asking yeah. your personal opinion, personal. slides or no slides? I, oh man. Probably no slides. Okay. That's, I tend to be like the. I if, thought that's what yeah. you'd say, but I'm not sure. But so the many why. people are like, it's not a presentation. <laughs> Unless it's like if I'm ever asked to give a talk, like, you know, you and I are all the time, it's almost like the client who invites us says, where's the slide deck? They almost it's feel assumed. like we're yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah. We're not official if we don't. <laughs> so I'm good. So here's where I've landed. I'm yeah. good with like an opening slide now, maybe two or three. Yeah. Slide. You're you've actually you're really good at keeping it simple on the slides. So now what I've learned is that yeah. the world isn't comfortable if I have totally none. Mm -hmm. So if I have some, it's just bare minimum. Okay. Bare yeah. Minimum. You too. I think I'm in the same camp. I I think a few is great. It's like a like guiding. it's interesting. Even Brene Brown's Netflix special. Like that was interesting to me because it's what we do, but it's on Netflix and it was popular. I'm like, yeah. this is fascinating. Oh. Even there, like she used slides. She did. But yeah, it was, it was sparing. It was um very visual mm -hmm. and they were sparing. It was like, it was an anchor point. Yeah. Or I, I think for the speaker, it can be a comfort point. It's like, for me, it helps yeah. me. Okay. Right. I'm not going to forget what I'm supposed to talk about I, completely. Yes. <laughs> so I like it that it's there as an anchor or a comfort but then you kind of talk off of that. And I almost picture, like you said, the speaker, you are, you are the presentation. It's like, okay, so I change the slide and then I kind of walk in front of it and forward. Yeah. And it's like, boom, then it's back to me and I'm talking. Yeah. It's not like everybody keeps staring at the slide. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a backdrop. Yeah. I think that's my, probably my yeah. ideal. It's my ideal too. Okay. It is. So we've talked about do think three things say, we've talked about limited amount of slides. If you have to use slides, let them support the three things. And then the last three points are having an opening, a closing, and then I'd like to talk a little bit about calendar blocking okay. for these things. So opening, uh huh. smallest little, now remember we could like go forever just on each one of these things. So I'm, if I was to just give the listener a tip, what's boring to people is when you make it about you. 
when you say, hi there, my name is, and I am, and let me, like, remember I was coaching someone who was prepping for some big talk where they were having, and they, he, he said something like, well, I'm going to start the whole first thing about telling them who our company is. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, boo, you know, like yeah. already, like, and of course he did that out of innocence. Like, yeah, that's what well, you that's think. the norm. Yeah, it's the norm. But when I flipped it, I was like, do you really care when you go to a talk about knowing like about well, there's a reason ted talks got so big they had a very strict they formula they and people right rehearse in. it like crazy yes. and it's jump. i mean now people know it's like you jump right you into jump the story right in. you right. don't even say hi right you don't even say your name nope and people love it like they don't i can get what your we've name learned and is no one really cares no one cares and now right. everything's online where you see the name in the context yeah. anyway like right yeah it just and, and and if you're there to pitch your company, that's a whole thing. But but still, even then, you don't start blah, but I blasting think, them with the right. pitch of the company. So instead, how I like to do it is, you know, if you just say hello, yeah. even if you say hello, give them a problem statement. Start with a problem statement mm -hmm. and then say something that catches their ears. Then pause for a minute and just say, maybe I'm Sunday Marquardt. I'm here with Greenhouse and Today we'll be talking about. You get it? Okay, but, but you but open it with the, a catch. Okay, yes, love it, but address the awkwardness because what I've experienced, and okay. I think why people, it's even if they're <laughs> like, "Ooh, that's what TED Talks do," and they try it, it feels so awkward. Because you just start to right. stand up there and just start right. into it. Right. <laughs> okay, so the awkwardness has a lot to do with the the. <laughs> Am I making you deep dive? No, it is. The, the awkwardness has a lot to do with okay. some of the physical skills that we work on with people, uh -huh. which is you have to own your own body mm -hmm. to to not let all those nerves overtake you. It's like you're relying on a crutch, but the crutch isn't help, helping the audience at all. So even if that crutch helps you, who cares? Yeah. I'm like, who is it about today? Yeah. Well, it's actually about them. So even if it's a little uncomfortable, I always say, this is where we have to do like, Practice, practice, yeah. Because I want you to lean into something that makes the audience go, "Ooh, now you have my attention." So you know that one talk that I get hired to talk about all the time, which is what does confidence look like? Mm -hmm. So an example. So if the listeners are like, "Give me an example," I might say something like, "Hello, what's the problem?" Well, the problem is that we're told our whole lives to be confident ever since we're children. We're told, be confident, be confident, be confident. But nobody tells us what that looks like. Mm -hmm. So today what we're going to be doing is we're actually going to start unpacking what does it actually, what does confidence look like? And then I say, my name is Sunday Marquardt and I'm with Greenhouse. See, okay. You get it? Let me and pause so you now there. they're like, oh, you're right. So I've already given them a problem statement. Go and ahead. well, it accomplished so many of the things you're already talking about. I just want to point them out because I even in that moment was like, whoa, okay. It immediately ported me in, number one. Okay. So even if it felt awkward, it didn't feel awkward to me, but even if like the jumping in feels awkward, right. I've already forgotten about it. Right. Point three seconds in because yeah. like the question, the problem yeah. hooked my attention. Yeah. And that was the other thing is it almost fast forwarded yep. me into my engagement in the talk. Right. Whereas normally with a long intro, it'd take like right two or three minutes go. for me to like get there with you. Yes. I was immediately there with you. It was actually like three or four words into the question when you said yeah. our whole life we and I noticed like, my, I was actually life? leaning. I was like, <laughs> where are we going? Ooh, this is good. And it's kind of like fast forward me into. All right. I'm there with you immediately. 
Yep. Okay. Well, thank you very much. The other one to get them off, I always say anything you can do in your introduction to get it off of you. Uh So one of them is what's the problem? Another one is, hello, let me ask you a question. And you immediately ask the, ask, not in a TED talk, right? So that's more of a formal one. Uh If I have a casual group of 15, I say, I might say something like, let me ask you a question. When I say the word confidence, what comes to mind? Mm-hmm. And I might pause. And I right away, now I've made it about them because now I'm listening to their thoughts versus my thoughts first. So I always say whatever. So I think when I was coaching this one individual, instead of being like, this is my whole company, I was like, what brought you here today? I, I got them going into like, what brought you here today first? Mm-hmm. What's the problem? The problem is when we go injured, it was something, look, I'm, see, I did nothing. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Um, and he, I just got it right to them and he made it about them. And then he told them about his company, yeah. but he already won them. Yeah. And that's the key. That's the trick. Yeah. That's the trick. Is You're making me out. think of a specific talk where they started with the problem was a specific stat, like where the world is at with this certain problem. Yeah. And it was a statistic, which also very hooking. And it's like, whoa, you know, it was like a shocking s- statistic. And then right after that, though, they still did that part of like bringing you into your experience with that statistic. Yes. Oh, so it yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. like a, everyone shared because it was a formal talk on stage. So it wasn't like everyone share your opinion with me about this, mm-hmm. but he still did that same thing by, I forget the exact question, but it was something to the effect of, and think about a time when you've experienced that, mm-hmm. you know, it was still kind of like bringing them into it, even though yeah. it was on stage. Yeah, absolutely. Is that, mm-hmm. well, what is your approach on a formal stage? On a for, well, on a formal one, often I'm told ahead of time whether there's going to be interaction or okay. not going to be interaction. Yeah. So in formal, formal, there's no interaction, which are the hardest for me. Do yeah. you agree? <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm such a, I feel like that's almost that. like my sweet spot. My yeah. sweet spot is that I interact with people and that people want to interact. But instead, what I do is I'm going to definitely try to hook them more with the problem statement uh-huh. there. They say that when you're having a talk, if it's more formal, that you shift it every 10 minutes. So you never want to be in the same mode every for, for longer than 10 minutes. And 10 minutes still feels like really long, yeah. long time to me. All right. So thinking about your opening and then your closing. Just all I want you to do here is just actually think about it. Instead of just letting it happen, being like, thank you very much. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I hope you have a good day. Thank you. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just that, right, that's what happens. Or, the, or, especially in the informal ones, it it often ends with, I'm guilty of this too. It ends with, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Well. Well, <laughs> I, well. Because we just, yeah, we haven't planned the closing. Planned it, right. And of course, watch your time too so that you have a good, you have it's better to have a better closing than just be like, I have five more exciting things that I want to say. Uh-uh. Scratch yeah. those exciting things and have a good closing. Well, I've given you a lot there to chew on. Yeah. So <laughs> Steve. Yeah. <laughs> right. So good closings. A good well, closing. it's fun. Let me just say this okay. though. Maybe people have already picked up on it. You've always used these words opening and closing. Uh-huh. And when I first uh not first met you, but like when we first started talking about these topic this topic. Mm-hmm. I always heard those words as like intro, outro, like these big things. Right. Like a five minute closing is like a five minute thing. And you never said it 
you never said this specifically, but over time I started to catch on to, oh no, when you say opening and closing, you're talking about like a sentence yeah, or sometimes, sometimes just a physical posture. Yes, <laughs> it's very right. small. I decide where I'm going to stand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what I'm going to say. It's more like it's just not intro and outro. It's no. yeah, it's literally it's like an intentional thought. Uh-huh. So I'm either going to leave them with a question. You know that one of my closings in workshops is to say, all right, so we've covered three things today to cover it. And I say, in closing, I want to hear what's the one thing you're going to do differently as a result of our time together. Yeah, That creates action. Mm-hmm. So that's one of mine. But in this other case where it was more of a, an update for her, it was like, so there's three things or if there's one thing I'd love for you to walk away doing differently today, it'd be one that you remember that I'm an advocate for da, 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 boom, and that there's three things agenda wise need to move forward in this. It's just give the ask. Yeah. Just close with the ask. What do you want them to do? Yeah. So just, so there's a million different closings. The point is decide. Right? Can I add just a blip yeah. to that? Because yeah. y- you do talk about this in other topics, but um, put a period at the end mm-hmm. is what I always think of, but it basically means make sure your voice goes down to yeah. a conclusion, not yes. an upswing. <laughs> make sure that you end a sentence versus I mean, even if it's a question, some people like to end with a question. Still, it's like the question mark is there. The punctuation is there that I am done. Maybe you end with thank you. If it's more of a formal talk. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You notice like TED Talkers will do that. There's something that marks to the audience, Mm -hmm. this is done now. (laughs) Because otherwise you get that awkward moment and then you almost lose the the magic that you might have left with them because they're feeling that awkwardness. Like, is this done or what, what do we do? Mm -hmm. Do we clap now? (laughs) Um, if it's an informal meeting, there's like the, are are we done now? So Mm -hmm. something that kind of puts a period on it is how I think of that. Yeah. It's a great way. So here's the bottom line. Anytime that you're giving a talk, these three things will actually make your talk successful. If you first just pause and think, what do I need my audience to do or think differently as a result of my presentation? Who's that audience? Number two, what are just the three things that they need to know in order to get to that do or think? Mm -hmm. And then the third one is just what do I need to say in order to get there? Yeah. So it's really starting with the end in mind and working backwards. It's almost kind of like the start starting with why piece of it. (laughs) Yeah. One thing that people get wrong when they're giving a talk is that they think because they have something amazing to say. It's like the meat of their presentation that they're they're golden, Uh that that's going to be an amazing presentation. And even when you have that, if you don't stop and take just two minutes to think about what is my opening and what is my closing, that is what will make a stronger presentation. 